morning. I was just texting you. Hi, Deb. Can you hear me? Hello? I know you're there. Maybe you're muted for a minute. This is very odd. It kicked me out a second ago. Can you hear me at all? Maybe you can text me or... I can hear I you. I can hear you now. Oh, there can there you hear go. me now? There we go. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So, yes, I don't know what, just something funny with my phone, too. How are you? I'm actually pretty good right now. Um, Yay. I'm so glad to yeah. hear that. Yeah. I've made a really big decision with the house, which is um, I'm going to Airbnb it. And maybe I was, like, partway through this decision last time. Instead of rent it out, and I'm figured out how I'm going to do it in the house. I'm going to move my office to the closet, uh-huh. the walk-in yep. closet, and I'm going to put a door at the end of the um, play area slash dining room, and then, like, the whole back house is going to be the Airbnb. <clears throat> wow, that's great. Yeah, I think so. I think it's great, and it will totally reduce my my housing expense, or it will, you know, like – whatever money I am able to make from it, I can maybe put towards serious education or something like it's just going to be an income stream, which is a great way to use this asset, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's a great idea. Cause then it also re- is like total passive income that now will you block it like right after. So the, 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 the dining room at the end, no, sorry, dining room, the living room at the end would be part of the Airbnb as well. Yeah, basically from the downstairs bathroom all the way to the back. But, I mean, the Airbnb is not only going to be, it's not like every day, you know, it's probably three or four days a week. So it's not like I'm having a permanent tenant and I won't ever have access to that. But I am going to put a little living room in the front of the house. So the whole, which I'm actually excited about it, the whole front space is going to be um, our living area. Right. You know, like, well, ha- the yeah. front room that you walk into is going to be a little living room. And then the, um, you know, then there'll be the guest room and then there'll be our bedroom and then there'll be the office. And as time goes on, um, you know, Saoirse can take the upstairs bedroom and I'll take the downstairs bedroom. Like, I'm going to make the upstairs room more and more her room and mm-hmm. just sort of gradually have me move out of it instead of having her move, you know. Yes, um, and it'll be super easy. And then, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to increase the amount of time I can work by like 10 hours a week probably by putting the office right next to the bedroom mm. because, you know, I can, you know, work a couple hours or an hour after she goes to sleep or an hour before she wakes up. You know, it's like right there. Right. Whereas right yeah, now, yeah. like I can't. The, the office is so far away from where she sleeps that I can't, I don't feel comfortable coming back here. 
Right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Because yeah, you're in the other end of the house. It's, even if right. you could hear her be a monitor or whatever, it would not be. Yeah. It's just too far away. I completely agree. It's really far. <laughs> And, you know, the, the energy of this, like, it's two different houses with two different energies. Yes. And they've just been linked, you know, so, like, the whole, so it makes sense to me to do, I don't know. But anyway, that's how I'm thinking about it. And Sonal and I have taken moving in off the table um, just because of his whole attitude, his whole temporary attitude towards everything and his totally yeah. total focus on self-interest and as opposed to we're a team. So, you know, he may move to Northampton, but it looks like things are getting complicated with his parents. Um, oh. So he may be, you know, like splitting his time one month here, one month there. Um, and, you know, I just, I'm disenchanted by the whole thing. So, I, you know, I'm just sort of yeah. like, whatever. Yeah. Let it poop out or whatever. I don't know. I mean, I could talk to Stefan about it, but what it feels like to me is that he has moved, he's positioned this relationship back in his comfort zone, which is short-term, monogamous, um, self-protective. Mm. Okay. And that, is, and that is, and have you, have you uh, the, the thing that Stefan brought up very simply and very clearly, he said, it's way too early, even if he moves in to make uh, this, a financial decision that would involve him supporting you and Sierra and the house beyond the, what he would be using or what would be, you know, like at this point. That's what he what he was saying. That's fine, but 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 that's fine. But you can't yeah. move in and just stop, move out when it's inconvenient and stop contributing. Yeah, I that, guess that I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be more. It would be. So we have to be more like. You know, an agree almost like an agreement with a tenant in a way. But the thing is that there are there, it's loaded because there's so many other pieces to it, right? It's yeah. If Sirsha weren't here, um, it would be a whole different story. <clears throat> right. But you know, um, and you know, if he wants to rent out my Airbnb <laughs> on a monthly basis, that's fine. But, okay. Uh, then it's a business relationship, and it's temporary, right. and he can move in and out as he pleases. Um, and that's a, that could potentially be something that works for you. The, the beauty of it is that if, if that were to work, that could be a very good solution to seeing how it really works in a way that it's taking the financial piece out of the relationship in a way. Yeah. I don't know if actually you're willing to do that because I don't know, you know, just of course, having him there, it, it involves other, other components that, you know, are not just an Airbnb situation. Um, so it's something to consider. I don't know if you, did you bring it up? Did you have, so what no, I haven't brought that part part? You know, it's just sort of like in a holding pattern. We didn't see each other last weekend. I didn't really miss him. I'm not really missing him. I'm not really longing for him. It, it feels like a little less intimate. We're texting and talking every day, but it, it just doesn't feel as um, romantically charged. Um, I'm not really desiring him that much. Um, I just was really disenchanted. And we've had a conversation about, like, a short term, like he would withdraw his financial contribution if he had to go back to India a couple times. Right. But um, it has not removed my disenchantment. 
because mm-hmm. um, I sort of thought we were like, okay, this is it, and we're going to give it a try, and you're all in. Uh, and yeah. it's not. He's not all in. He's still yeah. one foot out, which is all right, fine. But there are a thousand guys in the world who can be one foot in and one foot out. Yeah. And maybe yeah. maybe it's too early, but. Well, so I, I'm assuming I want to assume that you're tapping, but if not, let's yeah. just uh, because yeah, I'm tapping. So what he said is that. Regarding if he has to go to, to India, he will withdraw financial contribution. Is that right? If he moved in, yeah. If he moved in and we're yeah. living together in the former arrangement, he said yeah. if he had to go back to India, he'd pack up his stuff, put it in storage, and stop contributing financially to, the, you know, to rent or household or the mortgage or anything. Right, right. Yeah, and then in that sense, I think the Airbnb arrangement, but there's something a lot more. I think that what's very important is this disenchantment and feeling like disillusioned with the whole thing. That is the most important part other than the details. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just feeling really um, disenchanted with his whole approach and that he's not thinking like... um, a partner, he's still thinking like a person who has to protect his interests. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that he's not... Um, I can see Stefan's point. It makes total sense, and I've thought that as well. But, all right, it's too early for him to kind of support me financially or whatever. Um, uh, but... Um, above and beyond anything that, you know, like sharing housing costs or whatever. Um, yeah. That's true. But um, I guess you know, it's funny because he's been talking a lot about how much money he has. And family has mm. so much money. My family has so much money. My husband has so much money. But then he's like, um, you know, I'm going to have to withdraw my financial contribution to paying rent um, if I go back to India. So it, yeah. it just, you know, regardless of the details, to me, it's like a mentality. And it's a way of thinking. It reveals his way of thinking, which is non-committal. So, and self-protective. Not a team, I, not I, a partnership. I can, I, yes, I can totally, totally understand that. So, Deb, let's let's see if we can actually. What? How, and let's also think about it? how we're going to spend our time today, because I, I, you know, that you know, that is it's sort of just sort of on cruise control, and he may or may not even be in town. So, like, who knows where that's going to go? Um, right. But for the really most enduring permanent thing, a deep thing I need to work on is clearing up my abundance issues. Yeah. So let's the, focus the, on the, that. Absolutely. But what I want to say, I think that I want to shift a tiny bit your perspective. So for a moment of the whole thing, including, okay. and it's actually at the top of the list, is your financial energy, yeah. energetically where you are. So Yeah. Um, as you take a deep breath, tell me how frustrated you feel with the whole financial situation. Sanal, work, everything. You know, you're, like you're, a 12 you're out of 10. Like really, really okay. frustrated. Really okay. pissed off and like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. That that's what I suspected. So okay. Just stepping to the point. What the fuck? What the fuck? This is not supposed to be happening. This is not supposed to be happening. It's completely unfair. It's completely unfair. I have worked my ass off to get here. I have worked my ass off to get here. And I know that I deserve stability. And I know that I deserve stability. And abundance. And abundance. Definitely a sense of security. And definitely a sense of security. I have done everything right. I've done everything right. And I know that the way that I contribute is really valuable. And I know that the way I contribute is really valuable. And I'm pissed with Sunil. And I'm pissed with Sunil. I'm pissed with the, the whole corporate world right now. In terms of how they right now, like they're not either valuing coaching or whatever is happening, right, with how it's affecting you right now. That's what I mean. Yeah, okay. I'm really pissed with how um, the corporate world is, where I am in relationship to the corporate world right now, I'm kind of on the outside. Yes. Exactly. I'm pushed to the outside. Yep. And I'm pissed that I'm still carrying ancestral scarcity issues. And I'm still, I'm pissed and I'm still carrying ancestral scarcity issues. I know they did their best. I know they did their best. But at this point, I should be over it. But at this point, I should be over it. And I thought I have been over it. I've done so much healing. I've done so much healing. I can't believe that I'm in this situation. I cannot believe I'm in this situation. It's like, it's like the flow has just dried up. And I'm scared. And I'm scared for myself and my daughter. Yeah. We just got this house. Just got this house, which... We're, I'm happy about, but it's a big burden. Which I'm happy about, but it, it is a big burden. It's a lot of expenses. A lot of expenses. <sighs> and at times I feel totally overwhelmed. And at times I feel totally overwhelmed. Take a breath and just check in. I know you're moving around. I don't know if you're like closing things or you're... Yeah, I'm opening the window. I see. Yeah. Okay. Are you still talking? Because I can't hear you. Oh, no, no. I was just allowing you to check in and see... What do you um, notice, like, physically and emotionally, what thoughts are still coming up? That's what I was giving you a little space. Um, I 
I'm feeling like I have to hustle again. And um, I'm it's taken me a long time to get out of the sort of accepting that the flow has stopped and shifting. It's like what I'm feeling is having to chase after it again as opposed to it mm. flowing organically. And I'm into chase mode, you know? It's like this um, hustle, chase, hunt it down mode, yeah. which is a whole different energy than receiving, allowing, flowing. Yeah. And I'm in it. Like, I, it's taken me a long time to get into it and figure out what to do. Um, but it's effortful. It's energizing in a way. But it's mm. scary. It's like I'm, I'm on the edge again, and a lot is at stake. And like I don't want to, I don't want to live that way with that fear. Like I have this desire to contribute to the world from a place of abundance, so that I don't have a need coming out of like the flow works best when I don't, when my needs are met, and I don't have a need from the relationship. You know? Yeah. Or the need, yeah. my need is satisfied, then I'm able to give in a, in, a, in a really cool way. But when I have a need to, you know, to get financial security out of these um, coaching engagement, engagements and that need is not met, it's, it's a little bit of a different dynamic. Yes, yes, absolutely. And so that's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling like the engine, you know, the chasing engine is revving up inside of me this chasing hustling I, engine you know energy is it's like putting out energy yes Go absolutely ahead. is it possible that it's not only not only that same energy of like i need you to give me money i need you know i need security i you know just just come on like you know give yeah it absolutely to me. It's like, yeah and is that well, translating yeah go ahead I was just wondering if it's also affecting your connection with Fennel too, because you're in the same place of like, if you were in a flowy place where things are just, you know, you're super abandoned and everything is great and you're in, in a perfectly great place, would you feel the same way? Um... I think the edge might come away from it, but still, this is not a generous giving man. You know, I would feel disenchanted by that. I mean, I've been out with men, and they take you out, and they, you know. Like, what, one of the things that really attracted me when he first came back was he filled my tank with gas, randomly. Okay, that, it was tiny act of generosity and, and providership. Like, I'm, I'm here to help care for you. And um, you know what? I like that. I like the chivalrous man. I like, you know, men are in a more powerful position in the society. They have more money. They're way wealthier. And I, like, on average. And I, um, I don't want this equal, perfectly, you know, transactional male-female partnership. I don't, that's not what I like not what I want, even if I'm feeling abundant. So the edge might be taken off, 
but I wouldn't find it charming. You know, I wouldn't find it particularly romantic as romantic. And I totally understand that. So Kisa starts happening again. The piece that I wanted to mention that it involves him, what I hear from you leads me to, to, to sense, to believe that both your main core issues have met each other. He's saying because of his historical, see, you have your historical thing and he has his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, 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 the sense of withholding and being very careful, see, the minute that he feels a question, is like, well, you know, it would be, I'm, I'm not interested if you're not going to provide. I have, the, I have the intuition, let's call it that, and of course I could be wrong, that something like that, that that, that is touching a button that has to do with past partners where things went really bad. You know, find like where there wasn't a yeah. Was that he didn't? You mentioned that he had a nightmare with his wife and do it through. His yeah, board. but his wife is really, really successful. She's like this pharmaceutical executive, and, but she just but, tried to screw him over in the divorce. That, that yeah, that was and it wasn't that. Didn't that didn't that uh, involve financial screw over or an attempt? Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. So what I mean is that your, let's call it lightly, okay, your trauma or PTSD is connected with not taking care of because, Deb, and I'm glad that you're tapping to the point because what I'm talking to is your nervous system, not your your subconscious. Mm -hmm. Your core wound is not being taken care of. And not just financially, emotionally, yeah. And just not being there for you since you were very, very young. Yeah. So what you most need, God, I'm getting all goosebumps, that's my whole body. What you most <laughs> need, yeah, because I, I feel like, you know, without realizing, I feel like I'm really touching on a very deep issue here. Mm-hmm. Very deep. Where... It's, you know, it shows up in different ways. But, and, and I have no agenda if Sanal is the one or not. But it does make a lot of sense that when you open up, and you did, you both opened up too fast, too intensely, very quickly in the beginning, it makes sense that both your core wounds will come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it's like he goes into like, oh, you're wanting too much from me. I don't know what his core wound is, but clearly he's had a lot of trauma connected with being screwed over financially by women. And we don't know the details and, you know, and I'm not saying that he's not, um, you know, kind of stingy. I'm not saying that he's not. I'm saying that if somebody was in any way demanded of attention or asked for, when he feels that, he's going to be like, forget it. I'm withdrawing. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just instinctive. And you're like, oh, you're not giving me? Well, fuck off. I've already had plenty of those. I, I grew mm-hmm. up with that. I'm not interested. So yeah. what, the only reason that I'm bringing it up is that these, this healing is, is for you to feel like it's, uh, the timing is both perfect and really intense because 
it makes so much sense that with you being, with your nervous system being kind of in a panic mode and him reacting the way he is, he does, it's going to be like, well, they're not interested. I'm not interested. I'm, I'm just, the whole thing is not worth it to me. I'm, I'm not interested in chasing again, in asking again. I've done that. So... Well, the chasing and asking was more professional rather than personal with him. I've already turned it, like, just not expected anything from him at all. Uh, Right. But you know what, Deb? Energetically, energetically, you wanted it. Even if you never, never, energetically, you were there. And that's what you wanted. And then that's perfectly okay. It is. And other men have have given it. Yeah. Yeah. But for whatever reason, they were not the right man. No, they weren't for many good reasons, yeah. Yeah. So, so this is, this is the, the part that is like, it's again um, coming from a place. So let's, let's connect with that. It's like, where is, where is that frustration and anger with the unfairness of it all, of having to chase, you know, that is like, is going in the hunt, hunting mode and chasing mode instead of flowing. Receiving, and allowing. Yeah, yeah. Allowing. Because this is the mode that, like, I had, that I had to use in order to get, just scramble out of my childhood, out of my family of origin. Yes. Um, right. I mean, I don't think you have any idea what I went through. Yeah. No. It's, it's unbelievable what right. I did. It's unfucking believable what I had to do. I mean, yeah. in not, nothing immoral or you know like no stealing or anything like that but just i you know know. the amount of work that i had to do in order to and in some societies you can't do it at all like wherever you what you're born into you're stuck Mm -hmm. there in this society you can't but you have to work like a fucking dog to get yeah to get you know to climb up the social stratification system which is what my whole district my phd was on social stratification and inequality in america so It's, um, yeah, so like the social class system here, there is mobility in it, but it's like, it's brutal, you know? It is a brutal climb. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I And I'm in that really... again, like I'm in that, yeah, that hustle phase again, you know? It's like the immigrants yeah. come here and they do it. That's what happens. That's why the immigrants come here. Yeah. Yeah, but you're, you're still carrying it. Right, and is that? Yeah. So let's let's actually yeah. see what is it that that part of you need needs. So, so there's something about. Let's just I completely completely honor that piece. I really I really want to like. I want both of us to almost like vow to the part of you that. I mean, work like a dog to get where she is, and she doesn't want to do it anymore. She doesn't need to prove anything to anyone anymore. She doesn't need to do it anymore. So how can and we... And what, what, I, what I want to do is I want to enter into a phase of such abundance that I can give back to the others who yeah. are struggling in the same way. Like, I want yeah. to be in that phase. I want to have that level of abundance so that I can make the path easier for, for people like me and others who have gone through it. Yeah. And in, instead, I'm like still fucking on that path again, like at a much higher, at a much higher place. <laughs> but um, 
you know, it's, and I also have feelings of guilt for the abundance that I do have. I mean, that's still part of it as well. It's like I have this house and a lot of stuff and you know what I mean? It's like, um, yeah. it's a really, it's like so annoyingly paradoxical, even though we've tapped on that a lot around the guilt, you know, because so it, what happens is the system. Yeah, go ahead. Tell me, please. I mean, society puts you, it, it puts you in a social class war and you are in your, in your stratum and mm-hmm. the ones above you and the ones below you, you're all at odds. And so it, yeah. you, it's like you get the psychology of, oh, and also my dad planted it. Oh, you're on the other team now, you know, and oh, you're abandoning, wow. you're betraying your class and you know, having things is like a representation of you've abandoned your tribe. It's very, yeah. it's very much like a caste system, like in India or, or, or the UK where, and I don't know about Argentina. Um, oh, yeah. Or, what, it's all over. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, oh, no. And then you have this whole thing, which you do, and I'm working with, with a group of people right now that, yes, they want to get out of it, but there's a huge thing of, like, if I do have money, I'm going to have to support everybody in my family. I'm going to yeah. have to pay for everything. So yeah. there's two pieces there. The first one is to stop doing this, you know, this roller coaster of up and down. What, who do you feel you have to prove something to? If you had to just... I, I know, I, I know that it was your dad who really tried to take your power away. And it, there's, there's. Uh, I think that there's a whole other level of proving myself to the town, okay. the kids and people in my town where I grew up, because oh. um, there was a real. Um, it was really cruel, cool, sort of the way that the girls and and are with social class. And it was kind of a wealthy town, and we were definitely poor in that town. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of like when I went to Hotchkiss, it was like, fuck you. Ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. Look what I'm doing, you yeah. know, you rich girls. Yeah. And, yeah. like, it wasn't for that. That's not why I did it. I did it as part of my own journey. But there was yeah. an incredible satisfaction of, like, you people treated me like shit, and now I'm going to this fancy boarding school. Yeah. And now I'm going to the Ivy League. And you guys, you know, were such, so mean to me. Like, I had one girl come up to me and say, I drove by your house last night. It's so small. Wow. And, wow. like, I was so ashamed of my house because my parents couldn't take care of it. It was falling apart. The paint was chipping. It just looked like shit, you know? I wouldn't have people yeah. over. I was embarrassed when the bus of school children had to drive by and had to stand out in front of it or walk to it. Like, it was humiliating. Yeah. And, and there's a whole class, book on this called The Hidden Injuries of Social Class. And so there's, a, there's like, who am I? That's what comes up this time in who am I proving myself to? There's a little residual, like on some psychological, even though I never think about these people, <laughs> like it's in there, yeah. you know, psycholo- the history of it is in there. Yeah. Now, the history and the energy is huge, Deb, because what's happening is that see, you 
you so Okay. And so the flip side of it is I don't want to be doing the hidden injuries of social class. Like once I'm in this, like right, you know, in the upper middle class or the upper class, whatever, you know, depending Mm -hmm. on how it's defined, um, you, I, I feel shitty about participating in a system. It's like white privilege, you know, or, or like when black people become upper class, it's like you become part of the power structure that has oppressed you and other people like you in the past. And so it's like, that's the conflict. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's it too. Yeah. There's a, there's a moral conflict and there's a spiritual conflict and then there's, okay. So let's, let's look at, you know, I, I call these a subconscious contract. This is, how I've come to yeah. talk to about. And so one of the contracts that you made with yourself at that point, and you're, you're, you're still tapping, right? Because this is yeah, really yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah. So when you decided, and this, so Deb, we're touching upon three different things here. Uh, this is what we're going to be working on. And we may not finish it all today, but we're going to talk, we're going to be working on the contract of re- uh, rebellion. We're going to talk about the moral contract. And then we're going to talk about, you know, a contract that has to do directly with your finances. So the first one that is the most important is the one, because you, you signed this agreement with yourself, this contract with yourself without realizing when you were a little girl that said, I'm going to prove to you. And you said to those girls, to your father, to, you know, to anybody that ever questioned your ability to really get ahead in life. And the thing about the contract of, you know, the rebelliousness is that it's extremely empowering, energizing, motivating. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and you feel so self-righteous, right? You're like, I have Mm -hmm. all these talents and I can do it and I'm going to do it. Now, so on one hand, it has gotten you where you are, which is incredible. The flip side is that because it is a subconscious contract, and I think I brought this up to you in the past. Yeah, yeah. You don't realize that you, when you actually get to a certain place, you start losing in order to prove again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you so told me that. That's the, yeah, that's the pattern that needs to be addressed. Mm. And it's, so what we're going to do is we're going to really work with that little girl and let her know that she, she did it. She did it. And that she can actually can be okay with that. And that's why after that, we definitely need to work with a moral contract because mm. that is a very complicated and very profound one that leads to guilt. And that's, yeah. I, I need to remember all these because there's so much that came, um, you know, okay, perfect. We're going to, I'm taking notes. So I don't leave anything behind. Um, great. Okay, deep breath, and let's just, she's right there, because you, you know, remembering all those instances, my guess is that she's very present. Yeah. So how old is she? Mm. Um...
I don't know. She's like maybe an early teenager. Um, okay. I mean, we were we were middle class until I was thirteen. So, oh. but but even even then, well, because my dad was an air traffic controller, and mm-hmm. then he went on strike in 1981, and then we plummeted into. But well, you know, that country we were working class, and then my dad wrote like my parents both working class, and then my dad for a number of years um, had a middle class job at at the. Um, air traffic controllers thing, and then uh, he lost it. So he went on strike and lost his job, basically? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then, so, you know, we had working class origins early in my very yeah. early life, and then maybe from age 5 to 13 or something, we were more middle class. And then after that, it was... Um, you know, like on the brink of poverty. We were, you know, on the brink of losing the house and eating a lot of spaghetti. And, you know, there was like a hunger thing. I mean, not like an actual hunger thing, but there was a fear of, you know, we couldn't eat too much because we, you know, there was a limit on how much we could eat. And, um, you know, like it was, we only had one car. My parents couldn't afford gas. It was just like, Hard. Yeah. 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 And you said from that it was a little bit better from six to thirteen, is that true? Yeah. Yes. It was okay. comfortable five, I don't know, maybe five to thirteen, something like that. Yep. Okay. But the and thing then, is that up till the age of five, that's where a lot of things get very set you know, uh, solidified. Right. So until you were five or six, things were not very good. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's and true. And then you're moving, in, move, moving out into the world, and that things get really tough again. We're going to actually, yeah, there's another one here. Oh. Okay. Ah, yes. Yeah. What's the so fourth one? The fourth one is financial trauma. The fourth one is financial oh. trauma because when your dad went on strike, hold on a second, I'm putting up. Wait a minute, that's three. I have moral rebellion, financial trauma. What's the fourth one? Uh, actually, there were three. The fourth thing has to do with the guilt with the financial trauma, and there's something that I wanted to bring up around that when we okay. talk about Okay, guilt, it. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. the guilt, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the piece. But it's part of the moral contract. But the financial trauma is the fact that, see, for you it's very, very important to, like, and it's part of the whole Fairness, right? You just want to, you know, your PhD and you know your thesis and everything is based on something of awareness, raising awareness, and not being part of this whole system that is screwed up. And so right. your dad standing up and striking, maybe his reasons were good, right? So he stood up for something yep, that he believed in at the time, yeah. right? But yeah. he lost his job, and you ended up in a really crappy situation, yep. which that in your system was like, fuck, you cannot stand up for yourself because you end up even screwed over worse. Yeah. Or worse, you know, I didn't say grammatically, but you know what I mean. Like, I so know, that yeah, yeah, you, yeah. That leaves you with a place of like, you know, as a child, it's like, this is, this is kind of fucked up and I wish that he didn't do it because he had a family. And so it's like between a, rock and a hard place. It's like you cannot stand up for yourself 
even if things are unfair, but then you, the price to pay is too high, especially when you have three kids, right? So it's, yeah. it's, it's just, there's another one there that it's like, okay. So, and the piece before, before six, so directly financially was with these girls. But my sense is that this contract was signed earlier because when was it that your dad started suppressing or being, yeah, suppressing is the right word, your sense of power, your, your you know, you know, you're like your, your life energy, like who you yeah. are. Oh, God, I don't know. Um. <laughs> right, right, because the, the original wound came from him. In terms um, of energy, you know what I mean? In terms of energy and power and in, in terms of saying, okay, I, you know, this is somebody trying to take my power away. It's trying to, like, take, you know, like, suppress me, oppress me, really. Maybe when I was um, 10 or 11, maybe. Oh, okay. So, like so it wasn't when you were very That's when I can remember. I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I, I remember him doing, saying things when I was a swimmer and, you know, doing really, really well and achieving and being amazing. And, um, and he would just say, don't, just remember who you are, where you come from. Don't go out of your britches. Don't, get, don't let your head swell, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm yawning away. Yawning, yawning. Yay. Yeah. Good. This is very good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's let's just start with what we had. Uh, yeah. This is, this is really because it's really powerful thing. Um, very rich. Yeah. 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 And it's okay. So, I've been karate shows point together. Even though he really tried to keep me in my place. Even though he really tried to keep me in my place. And others humiliated me. And others humiliated me. Making me feel small and disempowered. Making me feel small and disempowered. Anything else that you can connect with, Deb? Is there a better word? Yeah, making me feel small and ashamed mm-hmm. and um, embarrassed and Um, excluded, like not accepted, mm. rejected, yeah. um, looked down upon. Yeah. Not good enough. Not good enough. Yeah, inferior, making me feel inferior. Yeah. Oh. Deep breath when you can. Oh. The- the truth is, I know who I am. The truth is, I know who I am. 
and my soul never lost touch with my essence. And my soul never lost touch of my essence. Not even in this moment. Say that again. Not even in this moment when I'm afraid. Not even in this moment when I'm afraid. Yeah. Attaching, taking, stepping through the point. They made me feel judged and humiliated. They made me feel totally humiliated. Ashamed and inferior. Ashamed and inferior. Excluded and small. Excluded and small and rejected. Not good enough. Not good enough. Lots of different words. And lots of different words. Don't remember where you come from, where you came from. Remember where you come from. Don't get too big for your bridges. Don't get too big for your bridges. Don't let your head swell. Don't let your head swell. Even when you're doing really, really good, really well. Especially when you're doing really, really well. Exactly. Don't think this is going to last. Don't think this is going to last. It's just a little blip. It's just a little blip. And that's what I learned. And that's what I learned. And my system internalized that. And my system internalized that. Don't relax, even when things are going well. Don't relax, even when things are going well. Especially when things are going well. Especially when things are going well. Because everything's going to come tumbling down. Because everything's going to come tumbling down. Remember who you are and where you came from. Remember who you are and where you came from. You were not born to be abundant. Right. You were not born to be abundant. This is not your birthright. This is not your birthright. Yeah, something comes up with that. Okay. Something comes up with that, which is if if that's a core belief, then... I'm always going to be in hustle mode, right? I'm always going to be on edge because I'm all, if I'm actually living as an upper middle class person, it's unnatural and I'm going to have to do a lot of work to sustain it. Yes. That puts exactly. me into like massive work mode. Yeah. But do you see how that was his message? Oh, completely. Absolutely. I'm done believing that. I'm done believing that. And the fear that I won't belong. And the fear that I won't belong. That I'm leaving them all behind. And that I'm leaving them all behind. I'm a bad person and I should feel guilty. I'm a bad person and I should feel guilty. This doesn't work for me anymore. 
this doesn't work for me anymore. I realize I need a new paradigm. Yes. I realize I signed this contract. Realize that I signed this contract. That said, I'm going to move ahead. That said, I'm going to move ahead. I'm not going to stay stuck here. I'm not going to stay stuck here. I'm going to do everything it takes to move on. I'm going to do everything it takes to move up. And I did it. And I did it. And there's a small part of me. And there's a small part of me. That still carries these energies. That still carries this energy. That I was not born for abundance. That I was not born for abundance. Right. Mm. That was said to me in so many ways. That was said to me in so many ways. And even though I fought it, even though I fought it, and I worked so hard for it, and I worked so hard for it, there's still a part of me that struggles. There's still a part of me that struggles and lives in this cycle over and over again. I honor my ancestors' stories. I honor my ancestors' story. All their struggles. All their struggles. Everything they had to do. Everything they had to do. Including my father and my mother. Including my father and my mother. And I now own that their story does not have to be mine. And I now own that their story does not have to be mine. All that they suffered and struggled. All that they suffered and struggled. Would have been for nothing if I keep on hustling. I don't understand the logic of that. Like your mom in their, your mom always probably, but even your dad in his highest place, he he wouldn't want you to hustle. And his ego and his, he would want you to be happy, to succeed, to move up. I'm talking about his soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like they they did what they had to do to support you and feed you and allow you to move ahead. And even if it was kicking or screaming, you said, I'm moving out of here. I'm done. I'm moving up. I'm moving. I'm doing my own path. I'm not buying into this scarcity. I know that I have a role and I'm going to take it. I'm taking my life in my own hands, and I'm going to create something special. And you did it. Yeah. And from a very spiritual perspective, and I understand that these could entail a stretch, sometimes our parents can be our toughest and most powerful teachers in terms of like, yeah, you know. No, I know. Struggle with, yeah. Right. It doesn't mean that, you know, 
how it's like it would be for nothing if you keep on doing the same shit that they had to do. Right? So what would be for nothing? Their effort, their, what they gave you and everything is not for you to keep on hustling and continuing the same pattern. It's to break free and move on. Mm. Break free mm-hmm. and move on. Mm-hmm. Right? So I want you to see, especially your mom, from wherever she is, I want you to see her energy, her presence, saying, you know, Debbie, just break free and move on. You deserve it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's really powerful. Like if we look at it on a soul level, you know, maybe mm-hmm. that's why I was called in to that situation. Yeah. To um, contribute in that way, in this way, by breaking through and becoming abundant and somehow contributing to the softening of the system. Absolutely. And being a guide, because to whatever extent you are being a model to your brother and even to your sister, regardless of what yeah. path they took. You mentioned yeah. that your brother financially is okay. Yes, he's doing great. And, and I Thanks. love that, Deb, because do, do you know that beautiful poem by Marianne Williamson that Mandela using his... Uh, his I'm going to send it to you. Do you know? Uh, you, the minute that I, I read that you will... Um, I think you may have sent it to it, me again. What is it before? What is this one? It, it's Which about, it? like... It's, I, I always forget what, it's, what the name of it is, but I, I, have it, I have it on my computer. I can send it to you again. It's just... Uh, it's not about... The playing, playing, us playing small. We're not... You know... What we most oh hear yeah, they're not being not, scared. Yeah, yeah. Yes. What we most hear is yeah. not our light, is not our shadow, but our light. And by living in our light and our abundance and our, you know, our most powerful selves, is that we actually allow others to shine their light. As you know, as being small does not serve anybody. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'll send it to you because it's really... No, I know which one it is. Yeah, I know it. You know which one? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yes, on a soul level, it's like, okay. So let's check in very briefly, and I want to find out what is it that either you need to jump off. You have one more minute. Uh, You're okay? I am okay, yep. Okay. Yeah, just two more minutes because what I want is to actually... Check in briefly and see what is it that that young version of you needs mm. to be able to say, I signed, the, I signed this contract for now, but I don't need to maintain it anymore. My young person needs to see that I had a bigger contract than that one, beneath that contract, mm. which is that there's a bigger story than that going on which has to do with, you know, thinking about, like, all the transformation that I've done and how that plays out in my work with other people. Yeah. You know, and my father being my greatest guru, my biggest teacher um, around, you know, who, because he gave me the need to self-heal. And 
I did and have been and continue to. Yeah. And that is at the heart and the core of my life and my contribution to this planet. So if I also see the, the abundance and prosperity piece as well as part of a bigger story, is it that my parents are my abundance teachers because they gave me yeah. scarcity. And that, my, that little girl needs to understand that was one small piece, a powerful piece in a bigger story yeah. of what my purpose is on life, on, on, you know, in this life, on this planet, on Earth, you know, like right yeah. now in this lifetime. That girl needs to see that, yeah, okay, that was a, that's a short-term contract for a bigger contract that underlies it, and we just unlocked it. Yes. We're done with yeah. that contract and, and as we as we dissolve that contract, we discover the bigger picture contract, which is what yeah. I'm here to do. Yeah. Perfect. That's what she needs to understand, like a bigger perspective. And see this these little contracts like this the moral contract, the rebellion, the financial trauma, the guilt, those are little pieces in a bigger story. And that they serve their what purpose I'm, at the time, right? Yeah. You know, it's like to, to embrace the new, bigger, and higher, the higher energy and higher soul contract. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Embrace it and, and notice, see, the, the piece that from here until we meet again, I think it would be really wonderful for you to just notice in which ways fear may come up. And you're going to notice because you're going to be, you know, concerned or scared. But it's, it's normal that when you break those smaller contracts, what happens is that there's a part of us that is like, well, I don't know how to fully embrace this bigger one. How, how can I take that leap? I, there's a, this was something that I knew how to do because you knew how to maintain this, you know, feeling energized by all this fear and all this scarcity, something that was in your system and we're, you're taking, we're taking it out, we're replacing it and embracing something else. So pay attention to the moments where you get concerned or scared because it's true that that takes energy away instead of really giving you the right energy to move up and into flow. A light energy, you said? Right. A light, you know, yeah, a light and more, you know, more aligned with your soul contract, which is, you know, I'm okay. Things, things have, I'm, I'm open to receiving. I'm open to receiving, allowing things to flow and to come to me with ease. You know, abundance is, abundance is my birthright. It's okay. And I'm curious, Debbie, if there's anything. Has your dad ever said anything about your, your brother's uh, abundance, it's financial situation right now. Is it okay for a man? But not is, is there anything about uh, a gender issue with when it comes to prosperity? That's a really good question. Um, you know, my dad and I don't really talk that much about Mark. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, you know, what I've heard him say a couple of derogatory comments about Mark, like saying, oh, you know, his, the, he, he, he's inventing some of the abundance he has in this new, you know, place up in Maine. Um, yeah. But I think he's more comfortable with it, actually. He's more comfortable being yeah. around it. He's more comfortable, you know, participating in it, being a beneficiary of it, um, less scathing. Yeah, there's probably a gender right. dynamic there. Yeah. So just because one thing, whenever you hit these uh, fear plays, I've heard you over and over say how for men it's much easier to make money, that they earn more. And I'm not, I'm not in any way questioning it. I'm just saying that it comes up. So there's mm-hmm. something also, you know, that is, that is uh, which, you know, I bet that Oprah makes more money than her husband. I'm not sure, but... Well, look, (laughs) I'm sure that's true. There are exceptions, but the fact of the matter is, like if you look at data, um, all over the world, poverty is greater among women than men. And, I mean, there there are significant exceptions, but, you know, women earn, you know, 75% of what men do in, you know, the primary labor market. I mean, it's a fact, you know. There are... Yeah. But it's not, it's not absolute. Like, there are huge exceptions. Right. And, like and we don't Obama have to... An, an, exactly. An exception and to the general... Then, yeah. Right. And then you don't have to buy into it either. Because when the minute that you use it as fact and it becomes, you know, your truth as well, it affects how you, how you respond to. That's, that's also important. That you can be the exception. You're yeah, not, I don't can. Have to and be. then there's then there's a fear that comes up around. Well, if I'm this really wealthy woman, what man is going to want me? Oh, see, so there is a whole gender piece. Huh? Interesting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. This this is really a lot of little legs to these stories. So well, let's let's keep on work. And I I really feel that in this moment it may be hard to see it possibly, but um, Sanal is actually bringing a big gift into this. Mm, okay. Yeah. That makes he sense. Really, I feel like it. Yeah. He really is pushing these issues. Hitting on it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, you know, it's like, okay, this, this is not okay and this needs to shift. But so open to receive. Open, open, open. Do you want us to um, just touch base when we're meeting again? You'd rather go to my calendar. Either way is fine with me. Well, um, let's see. What would come next? Just the next leg of it? Yes. Yes. Okay. We need to, uh, Maybe yeah. we should strike yeah. while the iron is hot. Um, so Friday. Do you have any time on Friday? I could make a window. I could, let me see. I could do, actually, we could start, uh, I could do a nine on, on Friday. Could okay, you make that work? That. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. Perfect. Right. Thanks. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Brilliant. I feel Thank like you. We, we track good stuff. Have a beautiful yeah. day. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.